Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome. If this is your first online experience, we're so delighted to have you with us. You made our day when you logged on. So whether you're running on a treadmill right now, you're riding down the road in your car, or you're sitting in your living room with your family, we're just delighted that you're here. And I'm super excited to have Pastor Stuart Barham speak to us today. Pastor Stewart is the pastor of C3 City Light Church, and this is a church that we are in partnership with. They are right here in Raleigh, and we are pastoring our city together, and we are so proud of them, and we are certainly proud of Pastor Stewart, April, and their family. And so today, you're going to be blessed as we continue our series, Close Encounters. So why don't you secure your Bible or grab your YouVersion smartphone app, Go to the menu button, hit events, type in North Park Church, and all of today's scriptures are going to be right there for you. Let's dive in together. Hey, good morning, North Park. I'm so grateful to get to connect with you today. My name is Stuart Barham, and my wife, April, and I, Pastor C3 City Light, we planted City Light here in Raleigh at the beginning of 2019. And you know, Pastor Anthony has been in our corner, mentoring us, helping us walk this journey from day one. You know, back in the day, uh, Pastor April attended North Park when she was a student at NC State. And uh, she loved what was going on on campus and at North Park. And um, we'd moved away, we'd been in Dallas, but as soon as we moved back from our church in Dallas to here, Think she said, hey, the first thing we've got to do is meet Pastor Anthony, connect with him, and uh, he knows exactly what we're going to be facing and what we're doing. So getting connected with him and the Acts 2 Network and North Park has been just a true, tremendous blessing to my family, to my life, to, to this whole process. So I'm just so grateful that from day one, Pastor Anthony just asked this really important question. He keeps asking, hey, what does it look like for us to pastor the city together? And you know what? I love that. I've enjoyed this series on Close Encounters and how God wants to work in and through us to bridge that gap for others to encounter Jesus. I've, just, I've loved this series, it's such a powerful thought. But today, we're gonna look at a miracle, like this miracle of provision. It's amazing, it just blow your mind, but it's this miracle of provision of how God used the disciples to feed over 5,000 people. You know, back in the day when I was younger, I had a really close encounter at one time. I did. One of my closest friends in high school was actually in Pastor Anthony's youth group down in Kinston. And when I was in high school, me and him and some of our friends, we went to Atlanta. And while we were in Atlanta, we went to an Atlanta Braves game. And look, I'm just going to be honest. We're in high school. We're broke. We had terrible seats. They were lousy. Um, and he had this great idea, this bright idea as we're sitting in our lousy nosebleeds. He said, hey, what if we just walk down to the VIP section? Like, what if we just walk up there, get right behind their batter's box and just see what happens? Well, look, I'm, I'm young. I'm 15, 16 or whatever it was. And I was like, well, let's just try. Let's see what happens. So we got down there. We timed it. We waited for the, the ticket checker, the security guard or whatever, to get really busy checking tickets. And we walked down the other side. And before you know it, we're, on the, we're three rows up right in the box seats. It was amazing. In no time, there was a waiter there taking our order. We got some burgers, we got some fries, we got the drinks, and we're just sitting there, we're having a good time. It was amazing seats, and we truly were having a blast. And after about four innings, they figured out what was going on. 
And we're sitting there, we're kind of hanging out, and we saw them coming down. We're like, all right, just be cool, be cool. They came down there. Hey, we need to see your ticket stubs. So we didn't have them. Well, we had them, but they were for the nosebleeds. And so they kick us out. They're getting security. And before security could get there, we got out of Dodge, and we didn't go to jail. We didn't get in too much trouble. That was a close encounter. That was a close encounter with the Atlanta Braves. It was a close encounter with Turner Field. It was a close encounter with the security guards. <laughs> but if it hadn't have been for my friend, I would have had that, a totally different experience. I would have been in the nosebleeds watching that game. But he had enough faith, or naivety, whatever you're gonna call it, to suggest that idea. And it changed my experience. Now granted, this was foolish, it was wrong, but nonetheless, he helped me bridge the gap to access this experience. It wouldn't have happened without him. This is a really crude example but I think you get the point. You know, we're the body of Christ. We are his representation on earth. We have access to his power, his heart, his purpose for our lives and for humanity every single day. We've been given the task of partnering with them to make heaven a reality here on earth. Today, we're looking at an interesting miracle it's so interesting. It's found in Matthew chapter 14. We're going to see from this miracle some practical ways that God can help us and some things we can learn to bridge that gap of faith to help our friends and our loved ones and our coworkers have a close encounter with Jesus. But we've got to understand a little context. Right before this miracle, Jesus received the message that someone he loved so much, his cousin John the Baptist, was beheaded. It was his cousin. He loved him. It was personal. And Jesus, when he heard that news, he withdrew. He wanted to get away from people, get away from the city. So he went out to the middle of nowhere. And that's where we pick up. Jesus withdrawing, trying to get away. And we're going to pick up Matthew chapter 14. We're going to start at verse 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he, had, he was headed and they followed him on foot from many towns. Jesus saw a huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up toward heaven. He blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. What an amazing miracle. I want to ask a couple questions, and this is the, the lens that we're going to approach this text with. How do we learn to be the bridge? Like, how do we get good at being used by God? If we're his representation here on earth, we should, should want to get good at being used by him. Like, how can we create avenues in our everyday life that help people have a close encounter with Jesus? 
Like that's the lens that we're looking at this miracle. And I'm gonna give you three things that are gonna help you help others have a close encounter with Jesus. This is incredibly practical, but I'm telling you, it will help. Number one, what problems do you notice? There's so many things that are wrong in our broken world that we can just get so overwhelmed with brokenness. But we wanna see, look, God's given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's called us to help restore people back to God and, by, and help them put the pieces of their life back together. And because there's so many problems, there's so much brokenness, oftentimes we just tune them out and we focus on our own problems, our own issues, right? Well, we need to begin to notice like what moves our heart, what problems catch our eye, catch our attention and move us. In verse 14, we see Jesus had compassion on them and he healed their sick. It was a problem that he couldn't ignore. He was led by compassion. In that same way, we want to be led by compassion. Like the disciples were so in tune with the people's physical needs, Jesus didn't even bring that up though. He didn't even bring up the fact that they were in the middle of nowhere, that the people were hungry and there's nothing nearby. They weren't running out the Bojangles. They're, it's isolated, right? But he was so focused on healing them, reconciling them, putting the pieces back together in their life, right? But the disciples were the ones focused on the humanity. Hey, look, man, these guys got to eat. So take notice in your own life, in your own heart. Like what catches your attentions? What problems do you see that when they rise up, you're like, I got to do something. Listen, apathetic people do not change the world. It's passionate people that change the world. Passionate people will do whatever it takes. So you got to begin to discover what moves your heart. And then give yourself permission to be passionate about it. Like many times we figure out like what our purpose in life is by like what gets our attention. When you see a problem that other people walk by, you were created by God. He gave you those eyes to see that need, okay? So do it. Number two, it is okay to feel inadequate. The disciples went to Jesus. You gotta do something. These people are hungry. Send them home. Like, this is human nature. I can't fix this problem. This problem's too big. God, you fix it. You got to fix it. I can't do anything. Like, and I see where the disciples were coming from. Hey, I know people are getting healed, set free, and, and they're having a close encounter with you, the living God. I get that. That's awesome. But, you know, you got to shut this down, Jesus. You got to shut it down. The people are hungry. They're going to start fainting. Uh, pretty soon, they're just going to pass out from exhaustion and be hungry. Jesus, send these people home. You know what else they'll get in our head? Shame, condemnation, insecurity, they will rob us. They rob from us all the time. Like feeling in unworthy and inadequate causes us to disqualify ourselves from being used by God all the time. I want you to know a truth. Like this is a truth. This is a reality. Ephesians 2 says it like this. For we are God's handiwork created by Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's created these things for us to do. We are his workmanship. Like God designed you and purposed you to do good works. Good works are hard though. They're challenging, but that's okay because God can and will do hard things through you. The difficulty is it stretches us. There's so much tension that it stretches us to believe. But look, don't let doubt keep you on the bench afraid to try. God wants to use you. This is what we see in verse 16. Jesus tells the disciples, do not send away the people. He said it wasn't necessary. We see that the disciples aren't seeing things the same way as Jesus. 
the disciples are seeing it. Hey, we've only got five loaves of bread and two fish. Like, I don't know what you're seeing here, but this is what reality is. Do you ever do that? I do. Do you ever feel like God nudging you to take a risk, like maybe to pray for a coworker that's sick or to roll down your window and talk to that person at the street that needs some help or to give some food to that person and pray with them or at least have a conversation, right? Or maybe you feel God nudging you to have a conversation about the afterlife and what we believe with a friend, right? You ever feel him nudging you and you're like, no way, I'm not ready, they're not ready, there's no way I can do that, God. What if I mess up? Like, that's the same feelings that the disciples had. We only have five bread, five loaves of bread and two fish. Like, maybe, just maybe that's enough to feed James and John. Jesus, you know they like to eat. There's no way we're just going to have crumbs. There's no way. It's not possible, Jesus. There's no way I can pray for my coworker, Jesus. There's no way I can, I can go talk to that homeless person. There's no way I can just have faith to believe. There's no way, Jesus. We're the same. We're the same as the disciples. But you know, it's okay to feel that way. But it's not okay to let that feeling rob you of the opportunity to partner with God to bridge the gap. It's not okay. Look, we want to have more confidence in God's ability to use us than our confidence of how bad we can mess it up. Listen, he shows up when we step out. Out of our comfort zone and out of our fear is the place when the Lord moves because of faith. Point number three, what you have is enough when it's in his hands. The little bit that you have is more than enough when you get it in the hands of God. Jesus says, hey, bring to me what you have. Give me the five loaves. Give me the two fish. I'm going to bless it. I'm going to break it. And it's going to be enough. And then he put it back in their hands. Like the miracle didn't happen until they went, until they stepped out in faith, until they surrendered what they had, surrendered their will, surrendered the fact that they might look ridiculous. But Jesus, hey, whatever you say, I'm in. We're probably going to only feed two or three people, but you know what? You said do it, we're going to do it. Man, that's a scary place to be in. Like I'm not going to minimize that. Like that's a scary, scary place to be. But you know what? It's also a beautiful place. It's so beautiful when we step out in faith and trust and obedience and we just believe, hey, God, you said do it, you're going to move. Let's see what happens. And it's God who will sustain. It's God who will provide. All you got to do is surrender. All you got to do is submit to that nudging, that prompting that he's giving. Hey, be generous to that person. I know you don't feel like you have enough money. I know you don't feel like you can do anything of significance, but just do it. And when you feel him nudge and you step out, I promise you, his grace will move, he will provide, and it will be more than enough. You might be thinking, there's no way I could pray for my coworker that's got that sickness. There's no way. What if God doesn't heal? His power and your faith and belief is enough. You lay your hand on them, you pray for them, you touch them, and I promise you, by faith, God will move. Let's do it, man. Let's step out. Let's leave the cheap seats. Let's leave the lousy seats and the nosebleeds. Let's leave all of that. Let's come on down. Let's get a little bit rowdy. Let's walk past the security guard. Let's have a close encounter, not with the Atlanta Braves, but with the living God that has put his Holy Spirit inside of us that can move and can transform lives. We can't do anything apart from God, but with God, nothing is impossible. And that's the invitation that I'm giving you today. 
Life is too short and eternity is too long for us to take our giftings and our talents and our passion and the things and the problems we notice. Life is too short for us to keep that on the bench. It's time for us to get into the game. It's time for us, Lord, because you said it, I believe it and I'll, I'll give it a try. That's your invitation today. This week, I want you right now to make a commitment to God. Make a commitment to yourself. God, if you nudge my heart, I'll move. Doesn't matter how ridiculous, doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how small. When you feel the Lord nudge your heart, just do it. And you'll find that in the most, the most mundane moments of life, the supernatural can invade and you will be surprised at the results. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you created us and designed us to be your workmanship and that you wanna work through our lives to bring your kingdom on earth. Lord, we realize that this is only possible when we've been born again. This is only possible when we have first surrendered our heart to you, God. For every person feeling inadequate, for everyone thinking like, ah, I can't do this. Lord, I pray right now, weight would just remove off of their chest. Hey, they're human just like us, but Lord, you use humans you use the broken to reveal your glory and if you can use me you can certainly use anybody watching this today i pray that you would fill them with supernatural faith to step up in the mundane moments of life and just swing for the fences lord and we pray that on the other side of our obedience the other side of our yes that lives will be transformed and that this city will look more like heaven in jesus name we pray amen Thanks again for being with us today. Again, we want to thank Pastor Stewart for such a, just a dynamic message today. Such a blessing to have him uh, in our lives. And, and we're grateful for his family and for City Light Church. Hey, if this is your first online experience or you're new-ish to North Park, jump over to northparkrdu.com. Hit that digital connect card. Give us a chance to connect with you. We want to learn more about you. And if you have a special request, hit the prayer button. We would love to pray some bold prayers over your life because bold prayer honors God and God honors bold prayer. And finally, thanks for continuing to be generous as you invest in the mission to build lifelong followers of Jesus. If you would like to make a financial contribution today, you can do that at northparkrdu.com by hitting that online giving button. Thank you for your partnership. You matter to God. You matter to us. You are loved and we are cheering you on.